I'm okay with maybe I don't have all the answers, but I think that, or maybe I'm not 100% right. But what I'm gonna do, what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna put the work in to try and figure it out to the best of my ability. And then maybe by me putting it out there, it can spark someone else to fear like, oh, maybe I could do that too. And they can throw their hat in the ring and hopefully they can move their needle. everyone that was a little bit of a sneak peek about today's episode as always i'm eric wenzel and this is another episode of feeding curiosity and i started this episode completely different than i normally would because this is a special one a little bit um i'm just gonna do a solo monologue thing because over the weekend i got to see one of my all-time favorite bands it was angels and airwaves and before I kind of jump into that, even though I kind of just prefaced it super hard with that intro, by the way, if you're interested in the song, that was Surrender. So please go check it out. There will be a link for sure on all of their songs and stuff and things. So like I was saying, I got to see Angels and Airwaves for the first time. Um, Angels and Airwaves doesn't really tour. This is the first time they've toured in about seven years and I think about nine years since they've come to Chicago area. I was at the House of Blues in Chicago in the downtown area. Um, and for me, the music of Angels and Airwaves, so we're going to kind of zoom out real quick before we go too deep, because I'm, I'm going to really want to go deep, <laughs> as I normally do, but we're going to kind of take the 1,000 foot view, right, and we're going to talk about music, broadly speaking, and if you're not a music fan, I'm sorry, but there, I'm sure there's some sort of music that has hit you in some sort of way that makes you get all feely and whatever it is that it does. Because I think music kind of transcends a certain amount of stuff. Um, so with that, music for me holds a really special place in my heart. And it's, it's the kind of thing that I can go really, really deep on. And I can remember times, especially during high school, where, where I was would listen to specific music to kind of the get a sense of where like a reset button or put myself in certain mental spaces or just connecting to lyrics like i really go super deep into lyrical like storytelling like how does this artist tell a story in this two-minute song i love that kind of stuff and and it's something that's primal and it transcends and then once you see things live it adds a whole nother layer on it. And, and there's so many podcasts that we've done at Feeding Curiosity here that we go really deep and we kind of talk about music and why we resonate it with it so heavily as a species, like, right? We, like there's something about music that is bigger than just a single entity of us, right? And one of the cool things during this concert is that, um, so Angels and Airways, we're gonna, now we're gonna transition. Um, 
I'm going to go kind of actually not really even transition. It's more of, I'm going to jump back and forth here. Um, so here's what, what makes it really cool for me. Um, almost in a way that you guys get to learn about me in this podcast, right? Like this is my thing, but I'm also highlighting other people, but you guys get to look behind the curtain, so to speak, about what makes me tick. And for one of those things has always been, like I said, music and storytelling. And in particular, a artist by the name of Tom DeLonge. And if I would have said, you know, Angel and Airwaves, many of you may or may not have heard of that. But if I say Tom DeLonge, odds are, if you're in my age bracket, you've probably heard of Tom DeLonge as the lead singer and co-creator of Blink-182. And growing up, Blink-182 was a focal point of my musical tastes with my group of friends. I can remember sitting in a garage and listening to all of his music, uh, most of it inappropriate music at that, and all of the dick and butt jokes and swearing and ridiculousness that was punk rock Blink-182 back then. But at a certain point, Blink-182 became, I don't know, to some degree immature. I was changing my tastes in music, how I wanted to think about the world or whatever, right? Aging slightly. And around then we had found out, you know, Blink-182 had gone on a hiatus. And so even though Blink was not the same, you could still listen to their music and everything like that. They just, you know, when they're not making new music, you kind of fall out of favor and you try to figure out where it's going. At some point, I remember hearing about the bands that the the band members had started on their own. It was like Plus 44 and Angels and Airwaves. So I gave it all a shot and stuff, and over time, Angels and Airways has become this band that can put me into a headspace unlike any other artist I've ever listened to. I can listen to their music, and I can think about things or go to different places or just be emotionally wrapped up into it unlike I've ever been. And to this day, they're probably my number one listened-to band on Spotify, it really, <laughs> it really is crazy for me to resonate with a single band as much as this. And in many ways, I resonate with Tom DeLonge. Because, as many of you may know, and regardless of what you think about Tom, Tom DeLonge outside of the music world, right? Because he's chasing aliens and all of that sort of craziness. He is a prolific creative. And he's a multidisciplinary creative at that at this point in time. And he wasn't always that way, but for, for what I can get out of it, now being an older <laughs> person and hopefully like slightly more mature than what I once was, I, I can see that Tom DeLonge is not a person who is ever going to settle, right? He is a person who is always pushing his own edge wherever his, he's unashamedly creative. And that's really kind of what I've gotten out of like his exploration with Angels and Airwaves and his company called To The Stars. And for those of you that don't know, To The Stars is a multimedia company, uh, or at least initially, and it was a platform for him to be able to experiment with music, comic books, books, nonfiction and fiction books at that. And initially I was kind of skeptical, as you should, right? You should always have a healthy dose of skepticism, even for your heroes. And I wasn't sure what to expect of it or anything like that. And I gave it a shot regardless because I rep- I understand what he's trying to do and he, he goes deeper on things and he has his own little quirks, obviously, like we all do. And even still, I have not found a person where I could resonate as deeply, at least at a creative level, as I have with Tom DeLonge. I've read many of his books. I've listened to basically every one of his songs, at least for Angels and Airwaves and Blink-182 included, and even Boxcar Racer, which is a smaller 
project in between all that. And it's very interesting for me to think back now and listen to, um, I'm thinking back right now in particular with a documentary by the name of Pursuit of Tone by Ernie Ball, which is a guitar string manufacturer. And they were doing these docu-series of different artists and they interviewed Tom in 2016 and I re-listened to it and I put it up on uh, last week's Feeding Frenzy for you all to watch because I was kind of doing it in preparation of going to see this concert live, which is really fun for me. And with that being from 2016, three years ago now, I got a lot more out of it to this day. And it was really interesting for me to kind of look back and kind of see what like how I've grown as a person to kind of understand his trajectory, right? And so that entire documentary feels like a, a what is the story of Tom DeLong and how does Tom DeLong become, like push his own edge at all times? And for him, I think it came down to what he sees the like create, creation or art, broadly speaking, like what is art and how does art change? Um, and my friend Jordan Chris, who's been on this podcast a long time, <laughs> after I watched that video and posted the the feeding frenzy, I sent them the quote, and I thought that fit right into where he was saying is he's you know been a local artist and stuff like that, and he's plugged into a lot of the local artists in Chicago area. Shout out to Saint Ripley. Um, we were talking about how you know some of the system sucks, right? And that's kind of a punk thing to say, right? Suck the system, man, <laughs> and. I'm going to say a quote right now from um, the Pursuit of Tone. And so this is from Tom DeLonge from that documentary. And he says, uh, be able to do something that is an evolution of where you see, where I see art going, which is the same with, which is the same computer that allows you to write a record in your living room. You can use that same laptop to write a movie or write a book or make a comic book or a million other things. And I just feel the technology is going to make an artist in the future, not just a record or a band, or not just a director or, or just an author. You're probably going to be a lot of those things in one. And um, I don't want to pat myself on the back too much, but in many ways, I feel like he is telling the truth. Um, to, And that was only three years ago. And that's been kind of going on for a long, long time now where people have the tools. Like if you push a little bit of investment and money into things, you can make it on your own. I mean, this podcast, Feeding Curiosity, is on every major platform, including Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, um, not SoundCloud. I was wanting to say it, but it's not true. That's not there. Um, but we're on every platform because of Anchor.fm. But outside of that, I've learned so much. And I can do basically just about everything that someone with, you know, I have a camera, I have audio equipment, I'm recording this right now, I can make it go live if I wanted to. I have and worldwide audience at my fingertips being mostly a solo show. Um, and that's fucking amazing on so many levels. Like I'm not, I don't need, I don't have someone who's sitting in the room and saying, Hey, you can't say that, or you should sound more polished or whatever the fuck that it is. Um, and <laughs> so I don't even know why it's like, I get goosebumps thinking about these things because it, it's so powerful for me and I don't like to say that I'm on the edge of something, I'm creating something new or grandiosity, right? Whatever the fuck that is. But that being said, there is a, the progression of technology and the power of the internet has put so much at our fingertips to be able to put 
your image of whatever the fuck that you really, really care about and what you want to do and say, like, if you've got something to say and get your message out to the world, then you can say it. Whatever, where, wherever you want it to go. Like, you can write something and it can get to the world. Unlike anywhere before. And it's so crazy to think about that. And now to kind of zoom, zoom back again, right? So Tom DeLong started his band, Punk Rock, in San Diego, California, in the suburbs. And now he owns a company called To The Stars and To The Stars Academy that is working with History Channel to make these alien documentaries are kind of unidentified. It's called unidentified. And he's trying to, you know, bring awareness to the world about a genre that he has in quotation marks, no right to be a part of. And that all started because he took a chance and said, I'm going to do X, whatever the fuck X is. And now he's this person that is now a beacon of like hope and, and, you know, affected me in a way that I can go to his music every, you know, whenever I needed like something to center myself or whatever it is. Like, it's crazy to me to think about how, you know, if you just say yes, or even better, you say maybe, or follow the what if, like, where is the what if going? And you just say, what if I could do this? Or what if this did happen? And you just follow that little nugget all the way fucking through. And then many, many, many what ifs later, when you're looking back on your life and you say, holy shit, I may or may not have accomplished a lot more than I even expected myself to be able to do. That's so fucking powerful for me. <laughs> and to follow that what if forever and ever and ever until you know you die that sounds like a great damn life. And even better is if you can bring your friends along for the fucking ride. Which is, sadly, they're not here with me right now. And I'm sure they'd be screaming, hell fucking yeah, across the rooftops right now with me. And I'm thinking of Jordan and Mike Dakona in particular right now. And, um, yeah, it's um, a powerful thing. So with that, everyone, let's jump in to what it was like to see this band as I just preambled for 13 minutes about this, and you've been hearing videos I've been taking or took throughout the experience in the background, so that's why there's been noise, if you can even hear it. Um, so, like I said, this band has resonated with me for so long. I got to go to the House of Blues in Chicago to see them and sit there and, and stand there, and I got this really awesome spot standing behind this, the little sound booth area where the, the engineers are doing their thing. And um, it was so cool to just be there in a crowd. I got a VIP ticket and I got a cool poster signed by all the band members. I got a commemorative coin with the Angel of scroll and logo on it. And I even bought a shirt, obviously, because it's like part of the thing. This was a band I never thought I'd see live ever in my life because they just don't do it. And they're kind of a studio band. Like they have a lot of synth, they have a lot of um, stylistic effects and stuff like that. So it'd be kind of hard to do it in a live format or at least make it sound as good, right? Regardless of that, they delivered in many, many ways. Um, the way the song started, which you heard in the beginning, that's Surrender. And it was so cool to hear that. And like I said before, Tom had mentioned a part. Like he played like four songs in the beginning, or the band played four songs in the beginning. And they talked about this thing. It's like when you guys are in a crowd, you your brain waves sync up and you become like a flow state, right? And I'm taking a flow, flow for fundamentals course right now through uh, 
the Flow Genome Project. Sorry, getting over my tongue there. And it was so cool to kind of have him reference a thing like that where you can kind of connect the dots where he's like, oh yeah, he's read this shit before. Like he knows what the fuck he's talking about now. And I don't know why I'm swearing so much. Um, it might be just because of the music and things like that. But <laughs> like, it was so cool to, to kind of see, like you could see it too, like it happening in real time. Like when the music starts hitting a certain beat, you know, people start bobbing and then the, like it spreads from the front and then it kind of comes to the back and it goes forward. And, and it's like this really neat experience to kind of see it happen in progression like it's almost like a virus right but it's a virus of like amped up joy and like excitement about that moment because you're resonating like it's each one of you is an individual that resonates with this song for whatever reason that you do and then you can resonate even further because now you're part of a collective that resonates with this song and I'm trying to be as vague as possible because I'm hoping to paint this picture for you to think about your favorite band Seeing them live, if you have, if you haven't, go find it, figure it out where it is, go fucking see it. Anyways, you know, you can see the collective and you can feel the reverberations of that going outwards as you, you know, engulf yourself in the experience of what it means to resonate with a song and to what it ever it is that it makes you feel in that moment in a group. It's powerful. It's super powerful. Here's a, a fun little aside really quick. The dogs really are like unconditional love. They're so fucking awesome. So I've been following these Instagram accounts. You guys heard of the dodo? Fuck, oh my god, all the girls are like, yeah. If you have a white claw in the dodo, your fucking day is set. But I will tell you, love dogs so much. So, this next song. It's not really for you guys, it's for your dogs. It's called Woof Woof. Alright, well that was just a fun little aside because Tom is Tom. I thought that was be fun to throw in there because I need to take a drink. So yeah, where was I? Oh yeah, resonating with music, right? Like, in this crowd experience of seeing other people around you, listening to music, enjoying it as much as you do. Because... In many ways, a lot of times, music is a thing you do by yourself, right? You put headphones on nowadays, and you're... Unless you do have that unique group of friends where you can all listen to music together, and that's fucking dope. But, in many ways, music is solitary. We don't really realize how many of us can resonate with a song. And, <laughs> to put it in perspective, excuse me. And to put it in perspective, this place was packed. And it's not a really big venue, and it was completely full... With that, it's kind of this really cool area of music where you kind of get to see you're not the only one anymore, right? And it's really neat to kind of be able to step back and understand, hey, this is something that has affected more than myself. And it's hard, right? Like, we, we all kind of get in this mode of, like, you're the center of the universe, what nobody else is like me, you feel alone, or whatever it is. And I, I, don't, I know it's hard to kind of step away from that and things like that. But when you kind of stop and take stock of things and you realize that, hey, maybe we can all have a bigger impact than we realize. And that's kind of crazy. <laughs> and again, I was kind of, I touched on this in the beginning when I was talking about just how like following that what if. Um, and just trying to, you know, you don't have to be the super band or the whatever, like the Elon Musk of the world to have an impact, right? 
you could be the person that resonates differently. Like you can do something that makes you feel fulfilled at a smaller level, right? Like doing something for your friends and family, opening a door for someone, buying someone coffee can make you feel like you're a part of something bigger by at least putting a smile on someone else's face. And just by like, you know, like having this music <laughs> as I play this background, it's like, I don't know what the hell is going on with me right now because it's making me like emotional and get like super preachy. I don't understand it. This is strange to me because I've never done this before. And part of this whole little experiment right now was to have this thing where I could talk to you guys about this experience. And I'm realizing how more powerful it was as I'm talking about it out loud because I want to write about this. And I've talked about this to my friends and to some people who've asked me who knew I was going to go and I got to talk to them a little bit or like coworkers and stuff. But I've kind of abbreviated it so much because I don't want to like bore them about like a band they don't even know about right <laughs> again but about this like oh people don't know about what i like kind of thing and, and so it just feels really really cool to kind of have this thing right now that's happening to me as i'm explaining to you because of how much i do care how much i do care about this music and music in general and how much it affects me so deeply and like this sense of presence that i get while sharing it with you guys like again back to this flow thing like i just there's something about music there's something about music and conversation and audio like audio broadly speaking that resonates to me and seems so it drives me into this zone of where i can just go i'm just gone like i just lock in it's like i got like a race car underneath me and i just it just starts moving at 100 miles an hour boom zero to 60 you know and it's like fuck <laughs> like it's so different for me like i'm starting to realize these things that i used to take for granted and how much i i never it's just so different like to to think about these things for me because i don't i don't know i don't know where it came from is what I'm saying is because like going back so many years, I, I would always kind of pretend like I couldn't talk about things or people wouldn't care about what I, you know, had to say. Right. And nowadays I don't think it's that I don't think people would care. Right. It's, it's that I'm okay with people not caring. I'm okay with maybe I don't have all the answers, but I think that, or maybe I'm not a hundred percent right, but what I'm going to do, what I'm going to do is I'm going to put the work in to try and figure it out to the best of my ability. And then maybe by me putting it out there, it can spark someone else to fear like, Ooh, maybe I could do that too. And they can throw their hat in the ring and hopefully they can move their needle at the very, very least. That's like the very least, or at the very least, maybe it doesn't even do anything. It just falls on deaf ears. And I help myself untie a knot just a little tiny bit just because I was able to try to put the work in to feel feel like I could articulate it in a different way or something like that so here's another story from the stage by Tom talking about his life on how certain songs got started or things like that kind of reinvent like how I see myself and and, and what kind of music I'm a part of and I remember when we started doing that song I was like in the middle of the night, I walked back to the studio in my underwear. <laughs> <laughs> saying, that shit was see-through and tiny, ladies. 30s. 
for all the birdies in the audience. And I hit there, and I fucking press play, and like, I'm like, fuck, this is fucking, God, this makes me feel so good. And I'm looking around, there's no one awake. It's like fucking late at night and shit. And my dog was there. Something like, we're always there. And even if you wake up, and you know this because you're a dog lover too, when you wake up in the middle of the night, and if you need to go to war, guess who wakes up with you? The dog. <laughs> even in your underwear. Not his underwear, though. If you wore his underwear, job, you probably fucking go. Where do you go? This is weird. Our underwear. Not yours or mine. Our. Ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Alon Ribbon. Are you sweating like me? You don't usually sweat as much. I'm looking at there's like water on your fucking beautiful arms and your chest. And shit. You look, you know what you look like to me? One fucking awesome salt lick. Like one continuous salt lick. Alright, hold on a second. Hold on a second. I remember you, my man. Were you 12 or 13? 13 years old, first concert, brought by his dad. No shit! Okay, I'm gonna tell you a story. It's a true story. Bedroom where I set up the. About nine years ago, Alon and I. We make love. Is that what you said? You were right. Nine years ago, we were making love. It was awkward as fuck. And it was before we were about to go into coaching a wrestling team in the Olympics. We were both coaches. I was primarily the first coach. He was the assistant coach. And we were trying to figure out, like, what do we do? How do we get these guys to win the gold medal wrestling? And I remember you were like, well, should we, should we tell the, the team to win? And I was like, it's a good idea. But I was like, let's put them in the smallest uniforms ever. Have them pin the guy down. You know? Well, guess what? You're going to have to search that on the internet and figure out who won. But before the gold medal was won, before it was won, it was fucking crazy. They were rolling around. It was crazy. And I'm looking at you, and you're looking at me. Looking, oh, my God. And he goes, hold on a second. I go, what? And he goes, I want to sing you a song that's in my head right now that only you should hear. So it came up to my ear. He sang right in my ear this song in real time. It was fucking awesome. It goes like this. So that was a cool little tangent story thingy. But he kind of did this stuff throughout the whole 
concert where he would instead of doing interludes he would talk to the audience and turn into like a little comedy skit and to kind of hear the stories and stuff and how he talked about things um he he really added a lot of character to his stuff right like a lot of times the bands seem like you know they're entities um they're putting on an act and for tom it feels like it's deeper than that and this song particularly is called anomaly and as I was re-watching this video, I was getting a little emotional again because, like I said, this music puts me in places just by listening to it. And it's really special for me to kind of have these things uh, and listen to the stories, right? Like, I'm obsessed with story. I connect deeper with things when I know where they're coming from. Like, when I can add more of the emotion behind things, which is so weird now that I'm saying it out loud because of the... My engineering thing about me, right? Like we're, we're we're really good numbers and in boxing things in and working with abstractions and whatnot, what all that stuff. But it's always been in my core is I like to understand at a deeper level, like understand you, like where it is that Tom got the inspiration for these things or how he cares about these things, and it's so. It's like, uh, I don't know how to describe it because it's just so, it makes me feel like I can understand the place that that song is saying and stuff like that. It just feels so powerful. <laughs> so powerful. And I can't, uh, it's escaping my words except just emotion right now. <laughs> and it's so neat to, to be able to see these songs and be able to understand where all these things have kind of, um, evolve from and I, I'm gonna try and find there's another song in here that I really want to play let's see is this it I feel like this is it and I was like okay I'm gonna make some movies and stuff to go along with this music because I, I was pretty sure I was like I never could do something like Blink again that was like you can't that's like I'm the luckiest man on earth you know that's never gonna happen again well something else happened you never really know what life has in store for you I remember I went out there with this little company and I was like you know what there's this one story I want to tell I mean there's a few stories but there's this one particular story and I said if I go tell this story the way I want to tell this story there may or may not be certain people in the US government that would be kind of angry with me. <laughs> spent quite a couple years working my way into various places in the U.S. government to say, hey, I think it's time to tell a certain story about us, about everybody, who we are, where we come from, where we're going. And this is the one thing that could, you know, really pull people together. And, uh, and, then, and then when we come out, so I get all these people from the CIA, Department of Defense, and the Office of the Secretary of Defense, and some other places. They all come together. My little company, To the Stars, became To the Stars Academy of Arts and Science. It was quite the jump. And then a lot of people start writing this shit. That I quit my band to go chase aliens. It was the stupidest shit I've ever heard of. And maybe this week a couple articles might have fucking dropped. Somebody started something that made some serious pressures in the Congress, in the Senate, in the fucking Navy. Do they have 
no choice but to recognize something that they uh, haven't been talking about since World War II. And here I am, wondering what kind of groups of admirals are in some secure environment going, who the fuck is this Tom guy? And there's like this young soldier in the back saying, sir, I have a video of him running around naked. I'm not sure what this is. Imagine those guys looking at some fucking old Urethro Chronicles shit. Take him out. He's a threat. He's more of a threat. Well, anyways, here I am. Where I said, okay, some major shit is about to come to the whole planet. I'm being serious. And uh, I thought, what a time to go out and maybe meet some of you and get back on the road and play music again, right? Chicago. Yeah. It's so cool to have you here, and I'm going to play a few old songs to remember where I came from. So that song is Always by Blink-182. And we're going to leave it in the background as per usual right now. But yeah, so <laughs> this is kind of really fitting because, you know, he he tells these stories about, you know, where he he's going, but he also is telling us the stories of where he's been. And just judging by the crowd here, he's playing this acoustically. You can just tell the impact that this one person has had on this group of people. And it is giving me goosebumps right now to be able to share this with you guys. I didn't even think I'd use these recordings. It'd be 100% honest with you. I didn't think I'd do this. I really did not think I'd do this. And I'm just winging it right now. And it's freaking amazing on so many levels that I get to share this. I have this thing that I can share. And I'm just thinking about being able to... I don't know. I don't know what I'm thinking about. All I, all I know... And I think I'm going to wrap it up here in a couple of seconds and say, you know, if there's anything about listening to this story and, and kind of having this thing that is feeding curiosity almost for the last year and a half, it's just that this following this what if, like, where is it going? And I don't know. I don't know where it's going, but I can tell you that it's not going anywhere except I'm just going to keep on doing it. I'm going to keep on talking about the things that resonate with me and the things that I care about and, and, and experimenting and changing or being the change that I want to see in the world and being like being a blueprint for those who may or may not have understood how to do it themselves, basically. All right, we got one more video from Tom. I think this is a really good one. I really like this one and we're going to have him. He, he kind of talks about following your own dreams. And I think this is going to be a great spot to kind of end this little segment I really want to be like author and everyone you know gives a shit when I was a kid I had two loves and one was punk rock music and I remember I used to like call these girls up <laughs> it was so funny I'm calling them up and her dad would answer the phone and I'd start singing in the fountain. And I'd say, 
sorry, I thought it was your daughter. Put her on the phone. It never worked. I never had sex because I was playing music. Until later. Well, outside of music, the only other thing I ever really was interested in was life in the universe. What else is out there, you know? Just this place, right? Well, conspiracies really aren't that dumb. <laughs> I don't know why. But everything starts fun and serious with this, and then it always devolves into ridiculousness as it should. Um, so, yeah, I, I think that's where we'll end it. This is, you know. I didn't know where this was going to go, and I kind of had ideas to talk about, and I think what I would just say is just follow the maybe, or follow the what if, right? The, like, maybe it could all work out, right? The the un unashamedly optimistic person in me always thinks about the best possible scenario, and I hope each and every one of you can do that for yourself. I really do. Um, it's such a powerful thing to to share as much of this that I've had the opportunity to do, you know? And um, I hope you guys get to share what it is that you care about with, you know, maybe not as an, a skill at, at all as of Blink-182 or any massive phenomenon that anything you can think of, right? But share it with people you care about, your family and your friends, at the very least. Um, let them know you and be unashamedly yourself and follow that thing. Follow your maybe. So with that, everyone, thank you for listening to this ranty episode of Feeding Curiosity. I got to talk about something I care deeply about. And if this didn't resonate with you at all, or maybe it did, please tell me your favorite band. And if you ever got to say it out, like see them live or whatever it is that resonates with you, tell me about it, please. I really, really want to know. I really want to know what you care about in the music world at the very least, or what does music make you feel? So thanks for listening, everyone. And we'll be back with our regular conversation style next week. With that, see you later. I want to take a quick second and talk about how you can support our show. I believe this is the most honest way that I can connect with you, the listener, and put it in front of everyone. You can support our show for as little as 99 cents a month. We release four podcasts a month, all at an average length of about an hour. That means you are supporting us at just 25 cents an hour. That's, a, that's cheaper than the dollar menu. I think it's safe to say that we provide more value than that. And if you learn anything from our content, please consider becoming a supporter today with the link in the description of any episode or on the website at feedingcuriosity.net. And with that, thanks for listening, and please enjoy the show. You just listened to an episode of Feeding Curiosity. Thank you all for listening and tuning in. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave a like, subscribe, go check out the website over at feedingcuriosity.net and all the other things that we're doing there. And once again, thank you all for tuning in, and we will see you in the next episode.